Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Time for the Afternoon Horns with me, Wallace Chapman. Today, cell phones will be banned from schools, including at lunch if national get in. A great way for students to focus or robbing them of their personal responsibility. So, let's take the mood of the panel listeners nationwide. Do you support a cell phone ban in schools? Yes, no, why or why not? Text me, 2101. Interested to hear what you say. Snapper, Kingfish, Kahawai all live together in the Hauraki Gulf. Labour want to ramp up protections, restricting bottom trawling. Also today, Horizon Poll has strong public support for a gun registry, but will it make a difference? Talk about that on the panel. And do you, on occasion, like to dine Alone. Well, you're out of luck in Barcelona where restaurants are banning solo diners. Should New Zealand restaurants do the same? Why should a struggling eatery subsidise a lazy grazer? Text me 2101, email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me today, Joe McCarroll, editor of NZ Gardener, just finished her first book called The Veggie Patch from Scratch. Congratulations, Joe. Thank you very much, Wallace. Look forward to reading it one day. Also, David Farrer, editor of Kiwi Blog and owner of Curia Market Research, whose clients include the National Party. David, kia ora. Kia ora. All right, Joe and David with me, and to this, careful if you want to cash in. It would be very easy as a small business to get caught up in the hype of the current pop culture moment, and right now... It is Barbie. Before that, it could have been Minions, or say a Hobbit-inspired pub, Grinch-inspired menu. The Greens recently used Barbie branding to um, have a go at Nationals' policies, quoting, "This Barbie wants to tax. Sorry, this Barbie wants to cut tax for the rich." Mattel is vigilant about Barbie. They even tried to stop the Danish group Aqua from singing about Barbie. With us is IP lawyer Kate. Duckworth, kia ora, Kate. Hi, Wallace. Thank you for inviting me to be on your show. A pleasure. Have there been instances of a juggernaut like a Disney or Mattel cracking down on a small local operation? All the time, all the time. Oh. Uh, as you said, um, vigilant, but I would say hyper-vigilant. <laughs> uh, because this is, this is where the, the money is. It's not so much in the box office. Um, it's not in selling records or... Uh, you know, selling your tunes on iTunes anymore. These um, artists have to get their money elsewhere, and these days it's in the merchandise. What could it end up costing you? Costing you if you now give us an example. Is it just the case of you've got a um, small business, say a window washing business, and you decide to uh, use the Smurfs, or you decide to use the Grinch? Is it is it that type of thing? Is it small stuff? As in only small businesses that that might be hit. Yeah, is that um, a usual scenario? No, um, big and small, because oh. often often big corporates want to get alongside the whatever is you know the hit at the time. Uh, and an example that we've talked about, Wallace, is these major events. So, you know, Nike might be the sponsor of FIFA, but Adidas might want a piece of the action too. So, how close can they get? Um, without getting too close. Right. Joe? 
Hey, Kate, would there be any argument for fair use, given there's so much, the media, social media is awash with this Barbie memes. It, it's just everywhere you look. Yeah, there's room for parity in the law. New Zealand law doesn't recognise it as strongly as the US does. Uh, and you may have heard about the recent case between um, uh, the photograph of Prince that Andy Warhol copied. Yes. And, and that was about whether the work was transformative and went to the Supreme Court in the US. Um, so there is some room for that where you're, you're making light of something. But in the commercial context, very difficult. Do so at your peril because the Mattels and the FIFAs of the world are hypervigilant about their rights because that's what they make their money out of is, is licensing those rights to other parties. David. Well, I can share an example here, which is very relevant to what the Greens Barbie memes. In early 2000s, when Labour were bringing in the Employment Relations Act, I was the staffer for National Parliament doing the campaign website against it. And we decided to call it Walking with Dinosaurs. And, I, and we used Jurassic Park imagery. <laughs> and they actually said, oh, could this get us in trouble? And I was like, oh, look, Warner Brothers, other side of the world. And look, at the worst, if they demand we take it down, it gets us more publicity and then we just take it down. It sort of was a good theory, except when they finally did notice, they sent their nasty gram letter, not to me, but to the party president's home address. And he, of course, knew nothing about the website. This was a parliamentary <laughs> thing. So he's sitting at home and suddenly gets this eight-page letter from Warner Brothers or whoever it was threatening all sorts of dire consequences. Uh, so it was some quite a good lesson. Like, in the end, there wow. was no lawsuit. We just took it down because it was non-commercial. Hey, well, can I just ask you, David, yeah. was it something as simple as that, just walking with dinosaurs? Yes, oh, and we good used you know, the, the iconic image of the um, you know, Tyrannosaurus Rex from Jurassic Park. So there was no doubt it was using something from their films. But it, you know, no, it wasn't commercial. No one could have thought it was trying to trade off it. It was trying to make a political point. But no, it took them a few wow. months, but even that uh, came to their attention. So you know, from the Green Party point of view, you know, I think we're now in a world where they're a lot quicker to take offence and they'll sometimes look at you know, can we get some money out of you also for this too? So it's a bit risky is my experience. Uh, what about if the branding, Kate, were used for charity or by a not-for-profit? If I decided to use the frozen uh, imagery for a not-for-profit, is that would that still be in the gun? Uh, it, it would. And one of the things these companies have to do, like Mattel, is they have to protect their licensees who have paid good money for this. So you know, it might seem a bit mean to when the kindergarten wants to run a Barbie roller disco on a Friday night, but the the rights become worthless or worth less to Mattel if they let other people use it for free and charge licensees good money. Yeah, I, I don't know what you think, Kate, but I, I feel like the risk of trying to trade off pop culture is not just legal. You know, you can look a bit like a boomer doing a TikTok <laughs> dance. You know, you just <sighs> you just get it a bit wrong. That'd be that'd be what I'd worry about if a, a political party trying to be down with the kids. Yeah, that, that's right, and you can't predict how the public will react either. You know, people often think 
well, it's David and Goliath and we'll get the sympathy. And as David pointed out, sometimes any publicity is good publicity. Okay, so the best thing to do really, uh, because it, it, it could well end up costing you and costing you quite a bit. Absolutely. All right, so the lesson here, not to not to do it. All right, that's uh, Kate Duck with IP Lawyer there. Thank you, Kate. Um, very, very good. Uh, now, gosh, uh, unbelievable response to the just just a, a very unscientific sort of mood of the panel, Farno across the country here. Do you support a cell phone ban in schools? Yes, no, why or why not? Text me uh, 2101 and gosh, as you can imagine, what a response. I'll tell you the results or the, tell you the general uh, a mood after 430 Yes, ban them. Too many, too many distractions and reduced development of interpersonal communication skills with phones. No, they're part of the 21st century. They're vital to communication. Their responsible use is part of a school's remit as educators. This is happening in schools right now, and it's backward-looking to prevent this from happening from a 74-year-old retired teacher. Although, on the other hand, as a retired health teacher... I totally support it. Banned phones would reduce cyberbullying, greater social interaction, less exposure to harmful online messaging, and less anxiety about being filmed. For many students, phone use is an addiction, and schools enable this by not banning them. It is a no-brainer. So, gosh, big response, and we'll come back to you uh, on that, talking about that just after four. Uh, banning uh, phones at school, including at lunch, yes or no, text me at 2101. All right, it is time for, uh, we have this every time at this uh, moment uh, on the panel, it's called uh, I've Been Thinking. Uh, Joe McCarroll, take it away. Well, I've been thinking about couriers because I tried to send my mother, um, Rosaline, a birthday present the other day from Auckland, where I live, to Hamilton, where she lives. And I had left it fairly late in the piece, so I paid the extra money and it was going to be delivered the next day. And it um, took about nine days, I think, before it arrived. And that was from, I mean, you could have walked it there quick, quicker, m- easily. Um, and there was a long period where it was marked as undeliverable, which I, I just didn't what is quite it? understand. 120 Ks? Uh-huh. If yeah, yeah. If, I mean, it's about that, 130 maybe. And then I was telling that story to my parents, and my father said he had tried to send a book to his brother in Wellington, so that's Hamilton to Wellington, very central, very urban. Um, and it had come back um, because he, he had put the address down wrong, so he readdressed it, put new postage on it, sent it again. It came back again as this address is not known. So he put new postage on it, readdressed it again, and drew a map of where the house was, and it came back to him again. And so I'm not saying this to criticise couriers themselves at all. I think, you know, there are probably some bad ones, there are probably mainly good ones, that's true of most everyone. But I think there are some systemic problems going on there where they're just, they are not sufficiently resourced or supported to do their job, to function. Because everyone I've told that story to has had a similar tale to tell about something being undelivered or not delivered or, or lost. And Joe, I think that is... what is going on? Well, I just think we are asking too much of career drivers. I think that the price has been eroded to the point where the, the job cannot be done. That, that's what I think. And that is a systemic problem, not a problem of the people. Well, I send a box of chocolates, Auckland to Hamilton, just down the line, uh, an hour and a half, if that, um, four days before a very special birthday. They arrive three weeks after. 
mail. We could have just saved on postage. And that was just last month. Yeah. Well, like I say, I'm sure a lot of people listening will be like, that happened to me too. Yep. And I'm not saying that to criticise the people. I'm saying it to say there's a problem with the system. Very good joke, Europe. All right, uh, David Farah, I've been thinking. Well, I've been thinking about mortgage rates because I just had one of the letters from my bank saying your current fixed-term mortgage, it was fixed two years ago, is 2.8%, and it's now going to go, if you float it, to 8.5%. And, you know, it's sort of staggering. It shows... I mean, we've had higher interest rates in the past, but I don't think we've ever had where they've moved so quickly. And so at the retail level, you're going from under 3% to over 8%. And it got me thinking, though, about, I'm not sure if you've had this on the panel before, but there was a policy proposal put forward, I think Don Brash, amongst others, supported it, which is, look, you have to bring inflation down, and higher mortgage rates reduces spending, helps does the job. But I quite like this idea that rather than just rely on that, you allow the Reserve Bank to increase the contribution rate to KiwiSaver. So you might go from 3% to 5% or 6%, which will mean less money for spending. But if you ask me, would I rather be paying... 5% 5% more to my bank for my mortgage or be putting 3% more into my KiwiSaver, which at least I get back. For, for me, it's an, yeah, an idea worth considering. Um, oh, that's interesting. Very interesting idea. Can I ask you, uh, have you decided, you, you, got, you got the letter this week, have you decided on what you're going to do? And it might be personal, are you going to go floating or fixed or what? Um, if I've got enough surplus funds to offset it, um, we will probably go floating. Because then if you've actually got um, the bank home, what allows you to offset from other uh. investments, so to speak. So if I think I can do it, and obviously have to talk through with the far now, etc., um, that I, I will say the offset feature, if your bank doesn't have an offset, it's brilliant because not just you, but family members can also help offset. So it's not even a loan. It's just right. that rather than them get paid 1% interest on their savings account and you pay 7% interest on your mortgage, um, you just get it credited and you can then work out privately um, something that, well, the person who offsets the money for That's you. That's a big jump, David. Yeah. Big jump going uh, 2.8 into the eights. Goodness gracious, all the best with that. Uh, You're on the panel with David Farrum and Joe McCarroll. Uh, I'm a 79-year-old retired teacher. I do not support banning cell phones. Another one here, yes, it is time to ban them. Bullying, the number one reason. That just after four.